Vox Quick Hits. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Carter Smith served in the armed forces. I did. I did. I did 20 years, eight months, and two and a half days, just in case there was any off time that I missed or something like that. (laughs) Yeah. Sometime after that, he served as a military investigator. We discovered uh, criminal gangs in the early 90s at Fort Campbell, uh, and as a result, decided to dig a little further, see what else there was. Uh, That evolved into investigating gangs and extremist groups. So when I asked him how far back extremism in the military goes, I expected to hear something about maybe the 50s or 60s, but he went back further, much, much further. Some would say that the Revolutionary War that started our country was extremism, right? Uh, I do know that in on this continent, at least, on the North American continent, I, in what is now Massachusetts, a, a young man named Ebenezer McIntosh ran a group called the Southenders, and... I consider them an original gang for our country, but it was before they were our country. And he had military training. He was in the militia, and he ran the Southenders against their rivals, the Northenders. Go figure. But the thing was, he was also the leader of the Southenders when they had the Boston Tea Party. Remember taxation without representation in the history books? That one I remember. That was him and his, his, him and his gang. So was that domestic terrorist extremist group? I don't know. They were rebelling against taxes. What would they be called if it was in 2020, 2021, right? They'd be considered extremists. So he was a little bit of a gang and a little bit of an extremist group. Okay, so that's like a, you know, almost, what, 200-year-old history lesson there. Bingo. Bingo. At what point does this start to look like something that maybe people might recognize a little more? Yeah, Timothy McVeigh, 1995. There's heavy damage. April 19, 1995. A rider rental truck with 5,000 pounds of explosives ripped through the Alfred P. Murrah Federal Building in Oklahoma City. 168 people were killed, 19 children among them. Who has come in here and done this terrible thing? The indictment charges that Timothy McVeigh and Terry Nichols, former Army buddies with a grudge against the government, planned the bombing, selected the Murrah Federal Building in Oklahoma City as their target, bought and stole materials for the bomb, and built it. Bombing in Oklahoma City was an attack on innocent children and defenseless citizens. It was an act of cowardice, and it was evil. McVeigh didn't do anything that he couldn't have done without military training. My two cents is McVeigh could have just as well been some, dare I say, dumbass redneck from who knows where in America and learned enough, even even back in the 90s, he could have learned enough at the library or online to do what he could. McVeigh was an example that the military has never and will never be able to brainwash us. And it's also really easy to hide your ideology when you are being interviewed along with thousands of other people to come into an organization that is employing millions. 
But after McVeigh, what steps did the military take? I mean, yes, they investigate, but what preventative measures are taken? They said in 96-ish, I think it was, they said, you know, yes, we went out and we saw, we talked to people who had been uh, approached. We talked to people who have been interacting with uh, extremists and it's bad. Uh, but there's a gang problem here that we are not paying attention to that is significantly worse. It's almost like going there for bread and coming back with chocolate and ice cream. They were told by the secretary of the army, go out and tell me how big the extremist problem is. And they came back and they said, yeah, 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 there's a there's a bit of a problem. But you got to focus on this thing over here. So they maybe prioritize gangs over, say, far right extremists enlisting in the military. But what do they do about either one? Anything proactive? Uh, they run background checks. Honestly, I think that's all they're ever going to be able to do. I'll tell you my background check. They talked to a dozen people that I had grown up with. Now, there was nothing in my background, but had there been something in my background, it would have been with the people they were talking to. You tell me, are they going to tell on me? Right. I mean, your acquaintances, probably not. <laughs> in the grand scheme of things, a small percentage of criminals get caught. Hell, half the crimes don't even get reported. So a fraction of them get caught, prosecuted, etc. The reality of it is what we have to have is a culture where people are not going to be silent when their new roommate brings in a flag or a swastika, un, swastika on his underwear or something like that, right? Yeah. We know one in five of the Capitol insurrectionists were former or active duty military. Do we have any idea, do we have any data about how much extremism is in the military? Or if they had that data, would they be, you know, rooting it all out? The military has for many years said that the gang problem, which to them has always, almost always included street gangs, outlaw motorcycle gangs, and domestic terrorist extremists. The gang problem is less than 1% of the military. It's less than 2% of the age group in the civilian community, depending on who you're talking to as well. But you're minimizing the problem instead of addressing it. If you tell me there's less than 1% of cyanide in this drink and you offer it to me, Am I drinking it, yes or no? I don't think that there's a large, relatively large problem in the military, but what problem does exist needs to be addressed and often isn't. If you are superior to somebody or subordinate to somebody, you're familiar with this way, to, this way of working things. I don't approach my supervisor with a problem unless I offer him or her a corresponding solution. It works well in marriage, too. Uh, <laughs> right, right? But, but Good to know. I don't know that there's a fix other than it's, it's like crime prevention. Crime prevention is, is a misnomer. How about crime maintenance? That's the way. Because crime doesn't go away. You know, there's always that possibility. And so let's call it maintenance of criminality, not prevention of criminality. And as someone who's investigated this stuff, how do you think the military should maintain or manage or police it? I think we would have to employ a force larger than anything we've got just to either try to prevent or monitor, whichever you want to do, the actions and behaviors that don't amount to criminality of a, of a bunch of people in the military. I, A, don't know that that's possible, and I, B, don't recommend my tax dollars be used for that. Um, the reality of it is we cannot punish people for their thoughts. 
the reality of it is if I, and I don't, but if I spend my time surfing the internet for fill-in-the-blank activity that you don't like, it can be anything from pornography to reading blogs by people who like dogs to reading whatever. Anything that annoys you, if you prevent me from doing it, you're expending way more manpower or time then is probably worth it if if you're my supervisor. How about this? You just tell me behavior of this nature, one, two, three, four, five, is not allowed in my employee. And if you behave in such a way, not think, if you behave in this way, you will be terminated and prosecuted if it's within our power to do so. If you're not consistent in carrying out those, dare I say, threats or promises, then you're the problem. They aren't. Hmm. I mean, we heard Senator Duckworth earlier in the show urge the military to use existing mechanisms to, to hold extremists accountable. Sounds like you're, you're advocating for the same thing. Oh, yeah. I will adjust that just a little bit. Start using them because you haven't been the whole stinking time we've had a problem. So you don't think they need to have new mechanisms? Oh, Lord, no. You think they just need to use the existing ones? New laws have never been necessary. How about you tell people, don't do this or there will be consequences, and then give them consequences. Carter Smith is a criminal justice professor at Middle Tennessee State University. That was an excerpt of Today Explained. To hear the whole enchilada and others like it, check out Today Explained wherever you check out your podcasts.